Welcome back, everybody. Hey, everyone. We're back with another Biblical Answers to Bible Questions. These have been really cool. I'm excited to see. I know we just had the first one out, but like getting to see people within our church and then just other people, you know, kind of their responses to it. I think that's been pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it's really neat. Yeah. Have, um, Glad you're doing these. Are you doing this one today? Uh, sure. Okay, everybody. Well, today. Well, we recorded <laughs> this today and now that you're listening to it. Um, uh, they're fun to do. I think they're neat. This one is going to be probably a little bit less fun. It's one of my... <laughs> it's going to be fun for you. It's going to be fun for me. It's one of my favorite subjects, but... Um, what was my response when you told me that that's what we were podcasting today? Yeah, you were like, ugh. I went, ugh. Not because I hate this topic. I don't. I love this topic. And mm. I. it's just that we have had to talk through and and go through this topic with so many people so many times it makes me want to scream kind of like that meme our son made for you with romans 13 yeah i feel like that's that same meme here where every time you deal with this topic it shows right back up like it <laughs> no does time and, flat. and obviously um with the title we're talking about the rapture uh, specifically the pre-tribulational rapture and John Darby's um, I- influence in that apparent influence from what from what the uh, opponents of it say. And let me just add in here for those of us that I know were like me back in the day that when you say certain words, I'm like, speak like speak to me like I was a five-year-old. What does that mean? <laughs> He's saying here this whole topic of discussion that yes, there is a rapture of the church, right? Where the church body will be caught up in the air to be reunited with right, Christ, I was, right? I was and then um, that this will happen before the seven-year tribulation. Correct. I was going to okay. I was gonna kind of get to a little bit of that just to kind of... Just to make sure that everybody, you first know... Stop, first it. and foremost, though, I mean, if you're listening to this i teach a pre-tribulational rapture view i mean that's that's what i believe and that's not um that's not necessarily what this podcast is about i don't think that i'm trying to to push one one view over another here on this podcast i'm just seeking to attempt to get a little bit of this argument taken care of because it seems like there's the same exact arguments all the time it really is and if you spend a few minutes on youtube land just in general right like there are so many things about this and not just that people have differences of opinion right so if if you want to sit down and you want to have two biblical scholars you know lay this stuff out and look at it it's one thing to be like okay well what about this what about that you know kind of look at it but people get nasty with this one they do and it, it blows me away it's really frustrating because one of the things that people, and please, people that even disagree with the pre-tribulational rapture, the rapture period, that have different views, just like at least hear me out in 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 what we're talking about. Well, because you don't want to be ignorant, right? No. Like, no, you can stop in, and listen. In Christian eschatology, there's there's about four different end times views, and I'm not going to go through every single one of them on this podcast, but I or on on this one. 
uh, this will be another one of these series that we do where we're talking about the and looking at the different views of Christian eschatology, which eschatology means in literally means end time. So it's the study of the end times and everything that's surrounding it. So <clears throat> in Christian eschatology, there's about and there's many more. But there's about four different too prominent, but there's about four different views that are fall under Orthodox Christianity that you, that this does not mean that your false teaching, heresy, this is how your biblical hermeneutics, which is your tools of interpretation, got you to interpret the text. And we can all come to different conclusions. And these are safe within the realm. We're not these are talking all safe like within the realm. crazy, and all, you're no longer actually in Christianity anymore with your beliefs. Right. We're, we've agreed that, you know, we all agree on the foundations of faith and it's just these small details such as in eschatology that we would disagree would these things be salvation issues if we disagree with these end times no absolutely not or? absolutely not however it's it's been amazing how it's been turned into one um which you know i guess we'll go into further but no absolutely not this should never be something that splits us and that's that's one one thing that always comes against the pre-tribulational view is people attack it. And it's attacked in the way of saying that you're teaching a false demonic doctrine that was invented. Um, that's why we titled the podcast by John Nelson Darby in 1830. I definitely feel like it is like saying that you believe in the rapture, pre-tribulational, anything these days really feels like you're like a black sheep of Christianity. Like it feels like a bad word to say, even within kind of like the church scene. I have most got places. some of the most nasty messages from, from professing Christians, professing Christians yes. on every single piece of, of work that I've done on the, from a pre-tribulational view or a Yeah, we're not talking one, um, one event. This has been every time over the past few years now. Right. And I mean, uh, there's there's a lot of big terms that I, I really hate using, um, and we'll have to we'll have to rely on people just maybe either googling these terms and figuring them out, or or wait for me to do defining some of these these terms that I use here. But um, you know, going going back to uh, I guess, Christian eschatology in the acceptance of the different views. There's, there's never any, there's never any wiggle room on somebody that attacks it. You know, they go think twice about what you're teaching. And I, I just, I, I challenge them. I say every single time I go, you understand that this is well within an Orthodox Christian view, right? Like even people that don't agree with me, there's, there's theologians that don't agree with each other but respect each other and love each other as brothers in Christ. The, the perfect example to give you is R.C. Sproul and John MacArthur. You couldn't have two of the furthest people on the planet from when it comes to eschatology than you could John MacArthur and R.C. Sproul. But they come together as brothers in Christ. They're united as brothers in Christ. And they have completely different views. 
so it's always it, it's funny when people just attack it and, and then they you know they just attempt to run it down and pre-tribulational as you know that this 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 doctrine is something that's easy to jump on and just pound out because the the false works that have been attributed to it i think you know left behind was definitely very very harmful to it but even left behind admittedly was not meant to be biblical it was just meant to be off of the story off of revelation so yeah it wasn't seeking it was this, to be like uh, a this this writer's biblical play by play it wasn't trying to do a biblical commentary he was yeah. trying to make a movie and that's the first thing that people will will attack there and that's easy i mean that you know that's fine but then the second thing is when you get to ones that that have a little bit more youtube knowledge um or i mean i don't even mean to to throw that little dig there because i've seen very smart people make the same ridiculous comments uh, it, but which, it's hard i think when you talk about this because you there there are two categories here there are people who are truly wisely educated and still make kind of still fall into this parrot theology right where that's where someone said so they just kind of took their word for it ran with it but unfortunately because of youtube and podcasts which hello we're a part of both of those anybody who can purchase any type of electronic device can now be an expert, quote unquote, in whatever subject they self-proclaim themselves to be an expert in. So unfortunately now, you, the numbers of people who truly do have this YouTube education, which are their great, amazing, solid resources on YouTube that you could get a very wise education from, absolutely there are. But... Not everybody is very discerning. Not everybody, you know. So when you have when you have all these people who want to jump on this bandwagon that well, John Nelson Darby, you know, and this is my reasons why, and and it's like oh, that's what they taught me. Seminaries will do it, yeah. And and people won't. Depending on the seminary you go to, it's very biased. Absolutely, it is, and it won't present just like any other university or anything else, right? They're going to give you their idea. You know, it will, you know, somehow present one view over the other, and all of these, especially in you know throughout, uh, I mean, uh, our American history. I mean, even further back than that, but this has been definitely one of the more popular ways of teaching is teaching against the rapture and and kind of um i guess not to to not go too far off here on to to the subject but the the parroted claim is that john darby invented this in 1830 okay and john darby he was a english pastor who he was a former excuse me former lawyer who didn't feel like his religious views went along with him being a lawyer. So he didn't feel like he could be a sleazeball and be, you know, involved in the church at the same time. So he he had moved to (laughs) Dublin and further educated himself in Dublin um, and then even started at a church there in Ireland. And John Darby is definitely one of the, the... people that had popularized uh, and, and taught this dispensational view, this pre-millennial, pre-tribulational rapture 
idea, um, putting Israel, giving Israel a literal place again. But the problem is, is <clears throat> you know, the, the, the claim is that he invented this and, and he just had a vision and then they'll even say that this girl that he went, you yeah. know. Th- and nobody else taught this. You can't find it anywhere else. It's a totally new thing, you know, blah, right. blah, blah. Right, and I was even, it was funny, I was even watching a YouTube video before we started of a guy again who was tear- just tearing down the rapture for no odd reason. Um, and they go and, and he goes to the John Darby argument first, but then if you're even more intelligent, you go even further back to pseudo Ephraim. And he was that, this was a writing about fourth century that vaguely could have maybe mentioned the rapture the the, the opponents say. That's where they'll go far, that far back. And they'll stop right there in the 4th century and say, yep, pseudo-Ephraim. See, this is, that could possibly be where it was invented. And that's the, they'll claim that that's what we that believe in the rapture and believe in this theology, will we get our rapture idea from, uh, from the pseudo-works of Ephraim. And again, that's, I mean, none of these claims... None of these claims here are true. Not again, I haven't said that yet, but none of these claims are true. Because you you have to understand a few different things. One is Jewish eschatology. We'll go back even further than all of this. But Jewish eschatology, which around the time that Jesus was around, they call it Second Temple Judaism. It's, it's usually the theology, the popular teachings, the things that were going on around this time of Jesus. Right? Well, this is all post, obviously post-Babylonian exile. Well, all of this time, especially out of exile, they formed these teachings from the prophecies of Daniel and the minor prophets that gave this idea of this literal messianic kingdom and it tied it back to the promises to Abraham, the promises to Jacob, Jacob blessing his sons. That's what they taught. That's why the disciples... And everybody in Israel, in Jerusalem, at the time when Jesus was around, they were looking for the Messiah to come as a king, as a conquering king, to come and implement this kingdom, this literal, this literal kingdom, to overthrow Rome and, and, and to, to bring about the kingdom. Okay, well, this is where we say that Jesus didn't come to earth to invent a new religion and new ideas about it. I feel like as Christians, we kind of live like that's what he did or what he was planning to do, right? Like, it's not. He didn't come to make something new. He didn't, and this is not exclusive to us, the church. So, we would all agree, unless you have an extreme view of 
biblical prophecy and, and, and fulfillment theology, which means all of these things and prophecy is done, including to the second coming, which that is a, uh, if you believe that, that's unfortunately one of those false heretical teachings that to say that even including the resurrection, the second coming of Christ, uh, that, all of that. And there is people that believe that on the extreme side of it. That Jesus didn't, his second coming has not occurred yet. So, all of these things that the prophets prophesied of this messianic kingdom, all of this, the, these things that were taught, this, there was a, a, a millennial kingdom was taught before Christianity was even on the scene. This is something that the Jews believed. And we as Christians, we know and understand that as Christ. We understand that Christ is that fulfillment and he will come and fulfill that, that prophecy completely. That's why we see Jesus on earth two times when he quotes from the prophets, he quotes from Zechariah, he leaves out a verse. He leaves out the last verse. That last verse is about a second coming in judgment. So this is, this is something that we're not... We're, we're talking millennialism and the imminent return of Christ goes hand in hand with the rapture. Both of these things go hand in hand. Okay, not only do we, and, and the rapture is not something that, idea is not something that Darby invented. This is something that Paul understood. We, he wrote, we are not destined to wrath. The time of trouble that's going to try to come upon the whole earth, he will keep the church from, as we know in Revelation. Revelation chapter 3. He will keep the church from this hour of trial because it's the time of Jacob's trouble. It's not the time of the church's trouble. So this reference there, along with, Paul giving us the rapture in 1 Thessalonians, tying that in with 1 Corinthians. This is where we understand this. And then Jesus himself in the upper room discourse, I will come and receive you to myself. There is this idea among the apostles throughout the, the, the writing apostles and even the early church fathers that understood this as a glorious appearing of the Lord for us. Now, some people would say that, yes, I agree with everything that you said, but there's still no rapture because the rapture and the second coming are one. And that just doesn't make sense because that would mean that we would go through the tribulation. There, this time of testing would be a lot lighter than we, you know, they, I mean, it just, there's, there's a few different reasons why that wouldn't work. But this is in Scripture. Now, whether or not that, that's, that's where our view right there could be incorrect. Because you have to, you, you have to understand that, yes, there's a millennial. Jesus is, yes, coming as... Conquering king, judgment, coming to, to establish his literal earthly kingdom. But the rapture in, in, is not uh, before the seven years and all this stuff. Like, you know, like all that's crazy. No. 
that is the only other view that would be acceptable if the rapture view was wrong. Because everybody is in agreement, including early church fathers, that there's an imminent return of Christ with judgment to bring about this kingdom. Every single one. And it literally, I mean, this is not, this is not something that is hidden. You, I mean, with proper research and even secular research, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm looking at a resource here off of Britannica.com. This is a secular resource that has no irons in the fire on either side of it. This is talking about Christian millennialism. And Jewish millennialism. And guess what? All of this stuff was taught in the, prop, in, in the most popular, widely held view up, up until Augustine. Who was a complete... I mean, this is where we get Augustinian millennialism. He was the one that literally invented this idea that none of this stuff was literal. So what pre-tribulationalism gets, you know, argued for, what people say is they don't go back far enough, meaning like Old Testament and, and what was expected of a Messiah and a kingdom and the fact that we have the totality of Scripture now, we have revelation we we know that we have the closed canon of scripture we have we have timing to this event we have no man knows the day or hour no none of us do when the lord is coming none of us knows when the rapture will occur or if you don't believe in the rapture none of us knows when the second coming will be but it certainly ties in to what the apostles understood they had there there was no question about it they were paul writes in first thessalonians that we are to wait from his son from heaven who delivers us from the wrath to come he's not referring to the accomplished work of christ on the cross and god's judge ultimate judgment that's not what he's referring to because the Thessalonian believers were under the impression that they were in the tribulation. And Paul is writing his letter saying, no, you're not in the tribulation for a bunch of different reasons. But you know why you're not in the tribulation? Plus, he opens his letter with saying to wait from his son from heaven from whom delivers us from the wrath to come. The idea of the rapture, you know, it is, is not something new that we see in Scripture. We see that Enoch was taken in the beginning. And all of these are arguments that are torn down by the other side of it. But they're still, these are legitimate arguments that, that, that people never, don't usually lay out. They will continue parroting this bad theology, not even understanding that, no, this isn't new. This idea isn't new. This, this, this millennialism, this this literal kingdom stuff, none of it is new. I mean, they all of the. Uh, I mean, we can see this in Acts in Jesus' ascension. I mean, they they ask him like, now is now the time that the kingdom comes? He's like, nah, not yet. 
Egal got some work to do first. And we are to wait from his son from heaven until that we don't know how long it'll be but the the rapture is not some wild wild invention that that came out of left field it is based it's rooted in millennialism and the understanding that the lord will deliver the church this is the time of jacob's trouble israel's trouble not the churches. We are betrothed to Christ. We are the bride of Christ. He does not need to put the bride through testing. I think the, the perfect example of that is the parable of the vineyard. You'll say, well, why doesn't, why does a Christian, well, because we were the generation that was born after Christ's atoning work on the cross. We don't ever realize how lucky we are in the generation that we are in. We don't think about life and, and everything from an Old Testament perspective. Can you imagine living? I don't, it in seems so far away from anything we could even possibly imagine. You know what I mean? Like our, I think our whole view of that, that is we are so living in between the first and second coming yes. of the Messiah. Crazy. Can you imagine if the Jews really believe? Like, if, you know, I mean, if we, I mean, in theory, that wouldn't work. But if if they believed that Messiah was coming again. Oh like, my can gosh. you imagine yeah. knew that it was imminent? Like, you see the ones now that do believe in an imminent coming of the Messiah. There yep. is. There's um, yep. a lot of a lot of the Chabad philosophy. A lot of their stuff has imminent. Uh, they believe in an imminent coming of the Messiah and and to bring about this this kingdom. So the fact that this still exists widely among a lot of Jews is is another you know proof in itself it's like this is not new that does not mean it's not 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 a hundred percent correct but it's like come on you know like don't stop parroting this bad information even if you don't want to agree even if we, we if we want to have different opinions okay but one thing that I don't think that we can have different opinions about is the literal interpretation of these things. And I think that our, in our day, I, I think we're becoming way too accepting of, of people that don't have a little, literal interpretation of Scripture. They want to spiritualize everything. And this is an error that the Sadducees made back in Jesus' day. We see Jesus literally rebuke them for it. It's the only one time that he gets the Pharisees to like be like, yeah, hey, we like this guy. Yeah, because he's rebuking do. the Sadducees. But what is he rebuking them for? He's rebuking them for not believing in a literal interpretation of Scripture. He tells them, I am the God of the li He's God of the living, not God of the dead. The Sadducees did not believe in a literal resurrection. He calls them out on it. Paul calls us out on it. How can you say that there's no... So a lot of the way that all of these little literal interpretation... Come, I mean, we go back to that. It's, it's in the Bible. Again, I'm not using the Bible to say... The rapture is absolutely in the Bible. Where do we get that word? Harpazo. You, you all know the deal. If you don't, it's from the Greek word harpazo, which means snatching up catching away it's a violent catching away 
Well, because I feel like this argument starts with, well, the word rapture isn't in the Bible. And you go, okay, the word Bible isn't in the Bible, right? You could do that all day. And go, no, you're right. Rapture is not. It's harpazo, the Greek word catching up, raptura. And that's where we get rapture. And and that's where we get rapture from. And then it's like, okay, well, whatever you want to say that. Well, you know, John Nelson Darby was the satanic such and such, and he made it up. But I want to add that the Greek word there is used as if your child was about ready to run in front front of a car and you snatched them by their shirt yes snatch them up violently snatch them up because there was imminent danger and is that the only time that word is used it in the is bible not the only oh, time wow. that that is used that's in the bible it is used it's the same word is used for philip and acts when he is miraculously caught up and trans uh transported into a different location so i mean these are these are literal interpretations so it, it's just it it needs to st- i mean it won't and i'm sure i'm gonna have plenty of of, of yeah it's not like we actually think this is going to stop it's it not going but for to those stop of you who anything, have it's been not, under that belief it's not meant to to necessarily be a debate podcast i'm not looking to debate anybody here it's to clear up just bad information that people have regarding this because again it's it's i'm wide open if you don't believe it fine i i've i listen to plenty of teachers that just go absolutely stupid when it comes to this i love them in as brothers in the lord just as anybody else and i think but it's amazing how we can think and reason so well and then get to a certain area and we're just blinded right it's like i'm not even using any of my tools of thinking and rational you know understanding or anything but i will admit it does make me curious because i mean paul tells us not to have any divisions among us Mm -hmm. we know that the first early century church was unified it looking for this sorry i hiccuped it was looking for this imminent return of christ and they were teaching, you know, patience, endurance, and, and looking uh, until we're looking for the Lord. So it's weird that we would say that it's okay to have people that say, no, we're not looking for an imminent coming of the Lord and, and have them as, you know, brothers and sisters and not rebuke them. You know, it's, it, it's kind of a fine line. That's where it's like, I, I think you have to be careful. Because I don't think that there should be that many divisions among us. And like I said, I don't think the rapture is, is one that maybe whatever. But the, the last point that I want to make on this, though, is every, every belief believes in a rapture. So when people say that's just an invented, no, it's not. Because even people that don't believe in a pre-tribulational rapture believe in a rapture. That's what you're that's what happens at the second coming is you're raptured up. Or people that believe in like the mid tribulational rapture, right? Raptured up. It's the rapture is not a new idea. And it's it's definitely you know, it, it definitely goes hand in hand with millennialism and and all the way back to the Old Testament. So we just got to be um, Bereans with these things and understand things from all people's sides. 
I respect people's views that think differently than mine. I know them. I listen to them. I don't understand them for the life of me. I, I've tried. It's just not what I... Given the totality of scripture, I not your personal thoughts and feelings. But, I've heard yeah. some very, very persuasive arguments and seen some very, very persuasive things that have made me go, huh, well, yeah. Well, there you go. This That's is exactly why yeah. we're just man. You know, because that, okay, I could have this part wrong. You know, and I'm not, so... I, you know, I'll give it on that, but I, I don't, what I don't definitely don't see is this replacement theology that also goes, comes in line with attacking the rapture, which pe most people don't know that these two things mix or even know what replacement theology is, but replacement theology has snuck its way, and I'll explain it, but it snuck its way into the church and it's just exploded and people don't even know or realize what it is at all. And it's this idea that somehow the Lord is done with the nation of Israel. It's not somehow. They say that all of the promises, including land promises, including everything, was fulfilled to Israel by 70 A.D with the destruction of the Jerusalem temple, from the judgment from not accepting their Messiah. Um, from that point on, all of those things go to the church. So now every literal, spiritual, whatever blessing, this goes to the church. So church is the new Israel and all of the things that in Revelation that are referenced that are directly... Jewish reference, those are just, the, those are for the church because the church is the new Israel and God, the Lord is done with ethnic Israel. That right there is false. And that's a very, very dangerous teaching. But it's snuck its way in, in the way of teaching this idea that the kingdom is here and now. The, the, the kingdom that was going to come literally, the, the, the Messiah, that only the Messiah could bring in. This is a spiritual kingdom, which means that once, once Jesus died and ascended back to the right hand of the Father, that he is ruling and reigning over his kingdom now, and his kingdom as in heaven on earth as well. So he brought, with his atoning work on the cross, he brought, in their view, the kingdom to earth. And now it is the church's job to grow this kingdom, and it will eventually grow into this, this messianic era before the Lord returns, but not before we basically Christianize all the nations. That is that is taught in most of your mega churches now. 
most of your even your reform, like super form teachers and different things like that they will teach it they will teach that and this is all the stuff that goes all the way back to even the third century fourth century third fourth century that is is when this new idea came over that all of this stuff was was more of a spiritual idea and completely writing Israel out of anything. What well, was like the further that Israel was away from being an actual nation, the more people kind of did almost it reminds me of like Jeff Durbin, how he says that he used to be premillennial, you, you know, believe in the rapture and the coming and all that stuff. But then when it didn't happen, when he thought it would, he jumped ship and was like, okay, well, I must, I must have had it wrong. It, it right. means something else, right? I almost feel like it, you could see that in the history of the church where the further and further ethnic Israel sure. kind of fell apart and scattered off. People were like, okay, well, we clearly must we must have it wrong. If you spiritualize this, right, if you jump through all these hoops, then mm -hmm. you can make sense of it in your human reasoning. And that's why it is so amazing, but you can see so many teachers who were dispensational, you know, the teachers that were like, no, we still take it literally. It still means this. So, you know, it says what it means and means what it says. And they did this even before Israel became a nation. Yep. So then when you look at those guys, you know, kind of, there was only a few of them, you know, now we know that Israel was, you know, in this crazy, you know, turn of events, made a nation and regathered right. and now right. they have more people there, you know, I mean, we, we see all the historical things now. Um, so now I feel like it's kind of easy to go, well, obviously, replacement theology is trash. And that's not at all what God word, you know, means. Right. Blah, well, blah, blah. Like, now mean, it's kind of easier to see it, I think. to but, that point and and on that side of it actually too though um it does this is where this does have a shelf life because the nation of israel is clearly existing now and this is ethnic israel and we believe that the lord is gathering israel again in unbelief gathers the land gathers them back into the land in unbelief so he can enter final judgment with them. But, I mean, that's, that's where prophecy and all of these things have a shelf life because they've been back in the nation. They've grown. Now, if anything throughout our, our history now, if anything were to happen to them or if they were to lose anything like that, that would be a huge blow to the pre-millennial idea because i think a lot of it exists on israel being where they are now um that doesn't mean that the lord couldn't event like have them scattered again and bring them back we, we could be wrong on time but that would be highly unlikely that that because that's just not what what we read in scripture i mean it re we read in scripture that they will we they they come back so the lord can bring breath into the dry bones you know so he can he can make the nation live again yep. um so it, and that doesn't say it's going to happen twice so uh, you know if if anything were to happen in there i think that would be a huge blow to it so that's where i would i would concede on the other side, but like you were saying right now, I mean, it's really easy to say that, yeah, there's an ace in a hole for this because this is exactly what 
what we believed would happen. And it, it wasn't something that, it was something that started, you know, a long time ago. But, I mean, notably in 1917, 1948, 1967, you know, the, the, different, the different important dates in, in modern Israel's history. Um, you know, we can, yeah, that's exactly what we see. That's what we see in Jeremiah. That's what we see in a lot of the minor prophets, Ezekiel, that shows that we believe that the Lord will bring Israel back in unbelief because he is the Lord. He's only doing so to show his glory and his promise that he will save this nation once again. And, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, just seeing everything the way that it is now is, is very easy to to see, uh, you know, or to have an ace in the hole for this. But, and especially with these, these peace accords now with these other nations that are even attempting to sign on with Israel, that doesn't... Oh my gosh, yeah. The news every day for people who believe you know in this dispensational theology the rapture you know the, it, it, it is what it is i mean you look day. at the news and all of us are like because having heart look attacks at this and you understand that no arab nation wants peace with israel they want to destroy israel exactly but we know and we believe that every that every single nation around israel will come against israel and the lord will step in he steps in very few times and intervenes in human history uh, but he will step in and do it again. So seeing these, this, this idea, even this talk of, of peace with Israel between them and the Arabs is very interesting. So I, I don't want to go too far off subject here, but no, John Darby did not invent the rapture in 1830. He most certainly attributed a lot of good work to to dispensationalism uh it is unclear in history if darby was even influenced by the early church fathers we don't know um he 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 could have been you know or you know like who who knows um but we know that the early church fathers the apostles and even you know if we if we go back to what the Jews are expected or are expecting answers a lot of questions for you. Uh, it's something that Paul, we believe Paul taught, and it's something that's it's not completely out of left field. Um, it our lives should look like anybody else. You know, we, if you don't believe the way that I, that's fine, we should be serving Christ in the same way while, our, while we have time here on this earth. Absolutely. Whether I believe that you're leaving, you know, why, that I'm leaving, we're, we're leaving sooner, yeah. or whether you believe that, you know, we're leaving later or, or something else different is going to happen. You know, our serving Christ looks the same here, I believe. So, and I think it's an unfair charge to say that. Um, you know, it doesn't, the rapture idea doesn't set Christians up for persecution. That's absolutely false. We, Jesus promised that we will have persecution. He promised Every us, Christian should be ready for persecution. Right. He promised us that we have to be willing to lay down our lives to be willing to follow him. So we see throughout the, uh, the epistles that the, they ever, you know, they were beaten. They were hated for Christ's name exactly like he said. 
So I don't, uh, I, I fully expect that and don't think that I'm going to escape any sort of uh, persecution in some, you know, magic cloud or something. Um, but I definitely believe that we're going to not suffer the wrath of God during Daniel's 70th week that's attributed to the Jews and not to the church, you know, and to unbelieving Gentiles. So, uh, I think we'll, uh, lock comments for this one, but I definitely encourage anybody to email us. Uh, Heidi, do you have a different email set up yet? No, not yet. So All you right, can just, so just email aphomechurch.com AP at gmail.com at gmail.com <laughs> if you have any questions. Um, or anything like that, just because these arguments online are always unfruitful. YouTube will pick up these words, and that's what will get caught up in their algorithm, and we'll have a million people on here who just want to spew hateful just things, and we're not going to do that. hatred, and it's, that's not what these are for. These are just for simple, you know, I, I'm simply providing information here. We're not, and I'm if not you want more, debate. reach out, and we'll happily send you more info. Absolutely. That it? Yep. All right, guys, we'll see you next time.